everybody. Welcome to the Game Junkie Show. I'm your host, Crystal. We're going to jump right in and break the ice with this amazing group of guests tonight. This is going to be a wonderful show. I'm going to start with you, our A Day Gamer. Thanks for coming back, and thank you so much for putting uh, the panel of guests together tonight for me. This is really, really, really exciting. Hey, it's absolutely my pleasure. Anytime anybody wants to talk about indies, Hey, I'm, I'm there. I will make time for it. I'll see if we can make it happen. I, I just love indie games. So it was absolutely my pleasure to help you out with this and come on again. I had a great time last time. So Hell yeah, my man. So let's start out with that break the ice question. What is the one thing you love most about indies? Um, the, the creativity, uh, they push the envelope, you know, they don't have to, they're not bound by these big corporate corporate conglomerates that just tell them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it, what to do it for, all that, you know, they just get to do what they want, how they want to do it. And just, just go ahead, just have fun, just be creative and let their minds take over. And that's what I love about Indies. Oh, the best. One of the many things. Oh, I know they're so good. Next up, we have Ready, Set, Indie. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Kind of excited. I didn't know what he, <laughs> I didn't know what VTube was until tonight. So for anybody watching on YouTube, uh, we have our first uh, VTuber and our first uh, completely adorable, like, Japanese JRPG cat <laughs> character. So I'm, I'm super excited. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, and if you don't mind sharing with us, what is the thing you love most about Indies? So the thing that I love most about indies is the fact that they're not afraid to do what they want to do. Um, a lot of companies, especially with a lot of indie companies, sometimes they're a solo dev, sometimes they're teams of two and three. So they get to do what they want to do as opposed to like being in a box when it comes to AAA companies. Um, so them being able to express themselves, like our was saying earlier, the fact that what amazes me is like, especially indie games that are made by a solo dev, because there's so much that goes into making a game, uh, the music, the game itself, the story. So when you hear anything about a solo dev, that's what really, really gets me going. Like, I, that's what I really love about indie games. Incredible. And last but not least, the Steven Galaxy is here tonight. Thank you so much for for coming on. I'm pretty giddy. Thank I you. love I love meeting new friends through the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know, after I'm like super excited to get to know you guys better <laughs> through the Twitter family. So, what is the thing you love most about Indies? Um, everyone took my answer, but the same thing: <laughs> originality, uh, innovation, creativity. I love that you can get like a, a two or three hour experience that's literally completely different from anything else you've ever played before. Um, and, and it's just, it's the kind of thing that anywhere else you're like, no one would ever get away with being like, Hey, we want to make a game that's like an hour and a half long. And every time you blink, the game skips forward. And it's like, no, no one would ever approve that. But in the, in the indie spaces, you know what? It's good. It's really good stuff. And I like, uh, I like finding those, those cool, weird, unique experiences that only indie games can provide. I like cool and weird. So mm -hmm. that's definitely pretty cool. Absolutely. So I figured we were just kind of have some fun and maybe go round robin style and let's start with our second favorite uh, indie title from 2021. So just, you know, mention the title and talk a little bit about why you love it so much. Our, I'll start with you just so we can kind of keep the, the flow on there. The spot. I'm going to put, put you on, on the, the spot, spot. Right off what, the bat. What was your um, second favorite indie of 2021? Dang, there, I mean, there was so many good ones. There was, I mean, 2021 was a great year for indies. Um, I mean, just so dang many of them out there. 
Um, but my second favorite, probably um, because I've been limited on game time and everything, um, was probably Beard Blade game. And I love beards, so you know, I had to go with Beard Blade. Um, it's a uh, it's a platformer, uh, retro style, like uh, 16-bit era, you know, Super Nintendo, Sega. Um, but yeah, so you go through, you collect coins, and you defeat the baddies, you know, typical plat you know retro platformer and you up you use the coins to go to the barber and upgrade your beard and you can make your beard stronger um it can have um, a tool like a grappling hook thing and you use it to like turn screws and kind of stuff you can uh shoot it at any you can throw your beard at enemies you can hit them with it and everything it's really really cool um super awesome game so definitely i highly suggest checking out beard blade game and uh Oh, man, I just I every any time I did have just a little bit of a chance to play it, I absolutely loved it. And um, I found one little spot early on where you can farm coins. And I mentioned it to the developer and they said they they realized that, but they went ahead and left it in there for people to go ahead and farm if they wanted. So like you can just max out your character like within two or three levels and then you just go through and just stomp everybody. So if you're into that style of gameplay, you can do that. Or if you want to grind it out defeat you know play the different levels you can do that too and uh, oh also it's got a day and night mode so and if you play in a particular level in the daytime there are certain collectibles and things you can get during the daytime and then in the this is in game time not like real time um so like after you play the level it turns to night so you can go back to that level and play it again and it's a about halfway or early on in the level it'll switch there's like a different door you can go through to take you to the night mode and you play through the whole, a whole different playthrough experience and level and different collectibles. And then you beat the baddie at the end and you go back out to the overworld. So it's really cool. They really put a lot of work into it and I was blown away by it. That's pretty cool. Your beard is your weapon. Yes, it is. I mean, that it's just, so awesome. <laughs> that seems kind of, I, I just want to watch it just to like, is it like a, like a whip? Like when Beyonce whips the hair, is it like whipping the beard? <laughs> so like it actually turns into like sometimes, like if you're just mashing the buttons as fast as you can, sometimes it'll turn into a fist and like, you know, punch them. Sometimes it'll look like a, uh, like a sword. And then like when you throw it, it's almost like a ninja star, like one of those Chinese stars that, you know, so you just throw it at the enemies. It's really freaking cool. And um, like when you're climbing a, like a vine or a rope or whatever, it's actually turns into little hands and you climb up the vine with your beard. That is <laughs> very so cool. damned creative. It is very cool. Creative that is the ultimate word for that. Love it. That's pretty cool. I can't grow a beard, so I might have to play that just so I can <laughs> <laughs> part of the fantasy, right? Little known fact, that's how, that's how everyone with a beard climbs ropes, actually. Yeah. Uh, ah, see, is that why is that why the the gruffier guys are better, like rock climbers, is because they're using their beard for that leverage? That's exactly yep. true. I've looked at the research. <laughs> is all true. <laughs> Now we know. Now we know. I didn't, know there, I, I didn't know there was actually researched on it. So, hey, that oh, you know, learned something new. <laughs> We're all learning yeah. something. Look at that. Now we know. Uh, Ready, what is your second favorite indie of 2021? Second favorite indie, hands down, has to be Dandy Ace for me. It has to be Dandy Ace. Um, Dandy Ace is a roguelike game. Um, if you've ever seen Howl's Moving Castle, it's like Howl's Moving Castle and Hades had a baby. And it's Dandy Ace. 
that's what it looks like. Uh, basically, what happens is um, there is a magician named Lily, and he wanted to be the best magician, or he is in his mind, he's the best magician, but he really scares the crap out of kids. And so Dandy Ace comes on the scene and everybody loves Dandy Ace, which kind of replaces Lele. So he ends up taking Dandy Ace to a castle and it, it pretty much changes around. It's again, like your typical roguelike, but it's one of my favorite games. And like I said, if you like Howl's Moving Castle and you like Hades, you should try out Dandy Ace. Interesting. I'm not a big well we were talking a little bit pre-show i'm not the biggest fan of roguelites because they get frustrating so i play them in bursts like i'm i play those games for like hour hour and a half oh hour day gamer with roguelites (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm like okay let me let me let me put this away um is that like do you have for people who do like roguelites or for people like me who go well do you like does it not have that heavy burnout loop that some roguelites tend to have honestly it's for both because okay. i'm also the same way with some roguelites like i can play them maybe for four or five hours and then i'm like okay i'm over this gotcha. but then i find myself coming back to it so it's one of those games that you can always come back to and that's what i like about it like you know some people can if you're a heavy roguelite player i do recommend it because it is kind of difficult but if you're just a casual roguelite player this the game is also fit for casual role light players as well. Okay. So that's, that's pretty cool. That might be one for somebody to check out. Maybe if they're not sure if they like role light, would you say this would be maybe a good entry point for someone? This one would be a good entry point. I would say, um, because like I said, the characters in the game are well put together. The storyline is good. And it's just a lot of fun because it's not like your typical roguelites where it might be weapons. Instead, he uses his magic cards to do the fighting and things like that, because it's all based about magicians and things like that. So I would say if someone's new to roguelite, you may want to give this a try. Awesome. Good to know. Uh, Steven, on to you. What is your second favorite? From the smile on your face, this is going to be a good one, I can tell. You know, actually, I I know with 100% certainty what my first favorite is, but thinking of a second is really hard. <laughs> there are so many. Um, She's twisting your arm. I'm know, twisting it's, it. It's so tough, and I'm scared I'm going to take someone else's number one by putting it as my second. That's okay. Uh, That'll make it more I, fun. That's true. I, I would go with... Um, I'll say unpacking was probably one of the more interesting games. And like the more that I've sort of thought about that game after playing it, the more that it's really like grown on me, just like conceptually. Um, definitely one of the, one of the weirder. And there's, <laughs> we were just talking about roguelikes. Oh my God. There's so many roguelikes that came out last year that I was just like, Oh, I, I'm a roguelike fiend. So I was expecting to be like, Oh, Dandy Ace is a really good one. Curse of the dead gods is another good one. Loop hero is a good one. Um, but unpacking, unpacking is really good. I don't know if anyone's uh, familiar with that one. Yeah, it's, I played it on Game yeah. Pass. It's really oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot it was on Game Pass. Actually, that's uh, where I played. Tell it, us, so tell us a little bit about it, because there's a there's a good chance that a lot of people watching and listening are going to be like, "Yeah, did you move and you're unpacking boxes?" I don't know what that. Well, means. So- <laughs> it is it is a a game where <laughs> I'm trying to think of the easiest way to explain it. It's not super complicated. It's a game where you just unpack boxes. That is actually completely accurate. But you like live a person's life through unpacking their items every time they like moved is kind of like a different level 
So the first box is like items for like kids with like backpacks and toys and stuff. And then you unpack stuff into, you know, their apartment in college and into their first home and into, you know, when they live with other people. Um, and it's just, it's so weird because when you hear it, you're like, it doesn't sound very interesting. It sounds like you're just dragging items out of a box and just putting them on tables. Um, but the the mix of just like kind of, it's kind of relaxing. You know, it's kind of like, it's a little almost meditative where you're just like, I'm just going to put things in where they go, stack the toilet paper real nice in the toilet paper holder. You know, it seems good. But there's like this really interesting underlying story with like where things go and what kind of objects you own versus the people that live in the place where uh, you're moving into. And it kind of like tells a story without ever telling a story just based off of context clues of everything that's happening um and it's just it's so interesting it's so different yeah that sounds kind of neat because it's like mm -hmm. i i really love games that have unique ways to tell stories like i i don't want to i don't want to like spoil anything it's not a super narrative heavy game but just as like an example of one of the cool things it does at some point uh your character or the person that you unpack items for who owns like a lot of uh like really vibrant colorful uh stuff they have a lot of like action figures and like little toys and knickknacks and stuff they move into someone's apartment who clearly has like a lot of money because in the apartment there's already like wine coolers and sort of like tailored suits hung up in the closet and as you unpack all your stuff the game will tell you when an object uh can or can't be placed somewhere so if you try to put toilet paper in the kitchen They'll slap your hand. They'll be like, knock that off. That's not where that goes. And you kind of have to like find where everything goes naturally. As, obviously, as anyone would expect to, to guess where things go in an apartment. Um, but at some point in that level, the last thing you're left with is like your degree uh, from like your graduation. And there's nowhere that it can go. There's nowhere that it fits. And the only place you can put it is under the bed. And it's just kind of like pushing this idea that like the person you're moving into, they don't care to show off your stuff. They don't like value your experiences or like your education the same way they value their things like their possessions um and it's stuff like that like throughout the game that's just super interesting it's super cool to think about um and just the idea of being like how do we make a game that's about unpacking items from boxes but it's actually really cool and it's kind of interesting it's a uh, it's surprising but it was that was a, a really neat experience and it's like it's short enough that you can do it in like one sitting maybe two sittings but you can do it in one sitting going straight so it's really neat I love short games. Not even going to lie. I know Twitter loves to argue about that, but I love, <laughs> like, if I can get a great experience in a short period of time and replay it, yeah. I'm super happy. Um, and I can't get a short experience in Returnal, but I'm still going to pick that <laughs> as my second favorite indie game of 2021. It's tough as nails. It's a roguelite. It's a pain in the ass. It's frustrating. But it is like, it gives me old school arcade shooter vibes like it feels like an arcade game it feels like contra but with today's graphics and today's technology which i think is pretty cool the haptics and mm -hmm. the 3d mm -hmm. audio is just and i know these are much larger budget games than the kind of games you're talking about that so i know that's drastically different but it's still a fantastic experience and i think there is a lot to be said about folks like me who primarily play on console we aren't as exposed to indie titles so our indie is a lot of more popular mainstream games with bigger budgets that these, um, you know, these larger publishers, publishers or these consoles kind of say, 
here, look at this in your PlayStation store. So I, I think that is something for people to digest as they're listening and, and watching. Um, is that you, if you want some unique indie experiences, you know, you, you may have to dig or you may have to, Reddy was telling me that, you know, some, maybe some preferences on the steam store can mm -hmm. recommend mm -hmm. that, but yeah, that's my second favorite, uh, hard, well, and, hard, hard and, as balls, but it's fun. As <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and people really don't have to dig. I mean, if they, if they just come talk to one of us, I mean, we can tell them thousands of indie games, I'm sure, and hook them up with something that they'll enjoy. So. That is true. So, <laughs> reach, out, reach, out, reach out to Steven and be like, I've always wanted to unpack boxes. Unpack What's boxes? a game that I should play? I got the game for you. Yeah. I got just what you're looking for. Which is so cool because there is a video game for freaking everything and everybody. Yeah. Yep. So then let's absolutely let's go with the number one. Oh my God! Holy shit! This indie of 2021 hour. We're gonna go back to you. What is that game for you? For me, it's the game that I put in. It was over 60 hours, and for me, that's a lot, you know, because with remodeling the house and everything, you know, it's I just didn't have a lot of game time. But I put over 60 hours into this game, and that is Cygnus Pizza Race. I've got the championship hat, two championship hats. I won twice. Uh, they did monthly tournaments <laughs> last year, um, and I, I happened to win twice. And then um, at the end of the year, all the monthly winners – uh, went, went against each other in a tournament of champion style and we could all vote on the tracks that we wanted to race and everything. And there was one ultimate winner at the end who got, uh, I don't remember what, you know, all kinds of merchandise and money and um, a, a paid voice acting role in the game, in the upcoming game. So Cygnus Pizza Race is actually a mini game that is part of uh, the main game called Smugglers of Cygnus. Right here, I got it on my hydro flask. Smugglers of Cygnus. <laughs> um, along with Mr. Galaxy's sticker there. I got it right here on my hydro flask because he's so awesome. Um, yeah, so Smugglers of Cygnus. Um, it, is, it isn't actually out yet, but Smugglers of Cygnus, but Cygnus Pizza Race is. It's on Steam. It's still on Steam. It's like $3.99. And I always said it's the best $3.99 you'll, you'll ever spend. It's cheaper than the cost of your lunch when you go out to eat. You know, I mean, you know, if you go to McDonald's or something on your lunch break. Uh, so it's super, super cool. It's an arcade. Uh, oh, I'd say PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 era arcade racer. Um, it really took me back. And man, I just loved flying around these tracks, trying to shave, you know, tenths of a second off here and there, you know, perfect a corner or where to use the boost and everything. Um, super awesome game. And the developers, long play games, just a super awesome guy. And um, once he gets Smugglers of Cygnus out, um, he's actually taking Cygnus Pizza Race off the Steam store and you will no longer be able to get it. The only way you'll be able to experience it is in the game Smugg Smugglers of Cygnus, where it's a mini game. So you're in the galaxy and you're a pirate smuggler and you, you're you can smuggle goods or you can do it by the law, however you want to do it. Um, you know, questionable legalities there. Um, but in the Cygnus galaxy, the Cygnus pizza race is the most coveted uh, racing tournament. And like you are like the creme de la creme of dudes of awesomeness if you win this thing. So it's a really, it's a really cool game. I love the whole concept of this game. There a reference to pizza? Like, are you delivering pizza yeah, or smuggling pizza? Yeah, you're pizza? actually, yeah, you're like your pizza delivery driver in Cygnus Pizza Race. So you're trying to get 
uh, customers their deliveries across the galaxy as fast as you can. So there's these different racetracks you go around and uh, very, very cool. So that's the kind of the story behind Cygnus Pizza Races. You're, you're a pizza driver. The winner of the tournament gets a, a coveted spot delivering pizzas for the best pizza company in the galaxy. That is awesome. And you said the tournament, the person who won the tournament is actually going to do some voice acting in the in the yeah, main game? Yeah, yeah I believe uh, uh, Galaxy, who was it? Was it, uh, was it Epic Syringe that won the, ter- won the tournament? I think so. I think, I think so. it was Epic. I think it was Epic Syringe. He won the tournament. So yeah, in Smugglers of Cygnus, the main game when it comes out, he will have a voice, a recurring voice role in there as one of the characters. So it's going to be really, really cool. It's one of the prizes for winning the tournament. That is a fantastic username, yeah. by the way, Epic Syringe. Epic I just, syringe. I like that. It makes It's like something you should craft to put in the syringer in Fallout 4. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, ready? What is your number one favorite indie of 2021? You know, I actually kind of had a hard time trying to decide because there were so many good games to play in 2021. Um, but I ended up settling with, or after going through it all, I ended up picking Narita Boy. And it's an action platformer. First and foremost, I'm just going to say fantastic soundtrack. Like, I still listen to the soundtrack to this day on loop on Spotify. Yeah, it's that good of a soundtrack. But uh, for me, it would be Narita Boy. Um, So basically, it kind of takes place, I want to say like the 1980s, because it does things, or it has like graphics, like, say from like the Commodore, or the Amiga, or the Z Spectrum. And basically, you're playing as a young man who's trying to get the creator's memories back from the digital world like he gets sucked into the computer to save this digital world and basically he's the only one that can hold like the techno sword and there's just a lot that goes into it um a lot of people some people didn't gel with it but for me that was my number one pick um even with you fighting the stallions which is like the big boss bad guys to me i just thought the art style was good the soundtrack was fantastic and even the storyline was great so that's my number one pick is Narita Boy. What what kind of game is it? Is it like it's like an action, it's like an action platformer type game. So I know it is across all systems. So you could pick it up even on console and give it a go if you're into action platformer games. Um, it's not that short of a game. So, but the storyline is what drew me into it because when I saw it, I was like, oh, 1980s. Oh, wow. You know, I actually kind of remember playing on like the Commodore. In fact, the Commodore was the first computer that I actually played games on. It was Miss Pac-Man 64 for the Commodore. (laughs) So I actually remember that. So seeing that, it was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, so that's why I chose Narita Boy. Would you say it's a little story heavy. I mean, it's, it's a little, so it's somebody actually likes well, it's well balanced. Um, okay. So if you like story and if you like action, this is a really good game that kind of combines both of them together. I might have, that sounds right at There's, my, I, I'm a story whore. So that sounds right. My <laughs> oh my God. I I'm believe such there's a actually, there's actually a free demo still on steam. If you know, people want to go check that out and just try it for free. I believe it's still free right now for the demo. Because I know it is across all platforms. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Switch, place, I think PlayStation 4 got it. 
and I'm pretty sure I know for sure Xbox got it because it's in Game Pass. So, um, you know, one of the things I can say is that if you have Game Pass and you're looking for indie games, most of the time, most of the indie games are going to be on Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox, just just give it a go. You, you know, as I like to say, who knows, you may find your new favorite indie game. I'm going to try that because I have Game Pass and I don't I don't think I was aware that that many indies were on it, but I didn't really know what indies to search for. Um, so that's good to know on Game Pass. Would you say that indies, it's more, I miss the days of the demo, but like back in the day, you got the disc and you could demo like five or six different like PlayStation <laughs> games on the disc. Are indie games, I mean, are, are demos still kind of a more common thing in the in the indie space? Yes, they are. Um, most of the games that I play, I will try out the demo and, you know, just a little tidbit. Um, if you can't find a demo on Steam, go to itch.io and what you may find a demo for the game on there to play. And then after you've played the demo, go back to Steam and wishlist it because wishlisting, as I always tell my viewers, wishlisting does help out the developer. It helps their games to be seen by other people. It helps them sometimes end up on the front page of Steam and with enough reviews and sales as well as uh, wishlist, they can actually end up in, like I said, the front page of Steam or in the new and trendworthy section. Always check out the new and trendworthy section on Steam because you're going to get a lot of good games from there. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know that. So Wishlist kind of adds to that algorithm of boosting. So that's other yes. ways you can support your favorite indie developers. You don't always have to just buy right away. You exactly. can wish, wishlist them and then share that. That's excellent to know. I'm glad she pointed that out about itch.io having, you know, a lot of times they'll have a demo there because itch is free. You know, they don't have to pay anything to be on there. So they can put their demo out there and let people go check it out for free. Whereas if they want to go to Steam and get a Steam page up, it costs them a hundred bucks. And when we're talking, you know, garage developers, what I call, you know, garage developers, indie guys, you know, they're they're working full-time jobs and everything, and they're just doing this on the side. They may not want to spend, they may have a small budget, a really tight budget. So they may not want to spend a hundred dollars on a steam page until they're sure that, you know, Hey, we might actually be able to get some sales out of this and, you know, do okay. So they'll put a demo up on itch first and see what kind of reviews and things like that they can get before they fork out the hundred bucks to go to steam. So definitely itch is a great place to, check out some great demos that's yeah. awesome and that's and available to, oh, oh sorry go, go ahead, ahead. Ready. i'm sorry i was gonna say and another thing about itch.io if you're someone that doesn't like to do steam you can go ahead most of the time the games do come available on itch.io so you can buy the game there and i believe majority of the proceeds do go to the developer through itch.io so that's something else to keep in mind if you yeah. don't want to purchase the game on steam you can always do it through itch.io and give the developer you know your funds that way too so so if um so when you when you when you when you put a game up right so i'm an indie developer i put a game up and I sell through a particular platform. So I sell through Steam on PC, or I sell through the, the PlayStation Store, or I sell through Xbox, or maybe I'm on Game Pass. There's a difference in the percentage, essentially, that that yes. indie developer pays. So itch.io is the most generous with taking the smallest percentage from those developers. Yes. Indeed. And then sometimes they have like developer days where all of the proceeds go directly to the developers. So usually I tend to buy my games during those 
particular days like and it's not like they broadcast they really like today's a developer day you might get on twitter and they're like hey we're doing developer day and it's like oh okay and then that's when i usually tend to buy my games through itch.io because i want the developer to get the full amount of money right um so that's something that does happen um i know last year they did it at least twice so that's something to keep in mind too if you are going to buy games through itch.io um, they do get a better percentage and make sure you try to wait for developer days so that they get the full amount. So then for anybody out there who's using Steam, I know there's another one besides Steam. There's another, isn't there another big platform uh, on uh, Epic, PC? Epic Games Epic. Store. Yes. Epic, yeah. What is, so if people that use Epic or Steam, is there any downside to them trying to buy on itch.io? It, I mean, is there any... Well, I mean, if, if you, if you're like an achievement hunter, um, you're probably not going to get that on itch, but you know, steam has most of the games have, uh, achievements built in and all that stuff. So you can get some swag on your profile or whatever. Uh, you probably won't get that on itch. I don't, I don't believe. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you're an achievement hunter, you'll probably want to stick with steam or Epic, but, uh, if you're just in it for the experience, it definitely itches the place to go. Gotcha. Another thing with itch too, though, is some of the developers, when you buy through itch, they will give you a steam copy. So before you purchase through itch.io, before you purchase through steam, just go ahead and check out itch.io because a lot of developers will be like, well, if you buy on here, we'll give you a free copy for steam. So you're getting the same game twice, you know, so if you are an achievement hunter or maybe you're not, but you, you know, your friend Joe is a achievement hunter. You can give Joe the steam copy and you can keep the other copies. So that's something else that itch.io does too, or developers on itch does. That's awesome. I'm glad that we covered that. That's super cool. Um, Steven, what is your, well, you know, hundred percent sure, you know, know, you're number one, sure. you're ready, you're ready, yeah, ready. deliver ready. it, yeah, deliver it, deliver it. There's a game called Inscription that came out last year. It is so good. I wish, after beating that game, I wish I could just delete my entire (laughs) memory of everything I just played and then just reinstall it immediately after. Wow. Um, Explaining the genre is weird because it's a roguelike deck builder, kind of, but it's also like an 8-bit top-down RPG kind of and it's also like a horror escape room game sometimes um is it's there's a lot going on and it's kind of like a game that has like three very distinct completely different acts to it um where they'll literally just abandon entire genres or mechanics and then just you keep going with new ones um most of the game revolves around like card game mechanics. Uh, and I'm a big, I'm a big card game person. I play magic and Yu-Gi-Oh for. Yes, a baby. Lo- yeah. Big time. Uh, big part of my life. I currently work at a trading card shop and have for like almost a decade now. Um, so I like card games a lot. And this game has what I thought would be like initially, I was like, Oh, this looks like it's going to be like a pretty simple, um, pretty mechanically simple. Uh, game but it actually ended up being like a really interesting like kind of complex um what is this they say like uh it, there's just there's so much going on the mechanics are super sick the the aesthetics are super unique there's parts of the game that have like live action <laughs> recordings like of just real people it's like kind of 
fourth wall breaking. There's like an ARG where they hid stuff in the real world for people to find related to the game. Um, just a super one of a kind experience. Uh, and yeah, that's just I. I knew the second I played it, I'm like, this is the best game I've played all year for sure, wow. for sure, no doubt. So, um, so it's cool. it's combining turn based combat, sort of right, using cards, but you've mentioned it's an RPG. So do you also have like a, are you also creating <laughs> yeah. a character and like making story-based decisions? So n- not so much that um, for like working on your character, uh, but like the first part of the game is kind of a very traditional, like roguelike deck builder, something similar, um, I guess to like a Slay the Spire, uh, if anyone's ever played that. Just like, you know, you, you do your runs over and over and over, um, but in between playing your games of uh, of this, like, you know, first deck building area, you can get up from the table and, like, walk around the room you're in and solve puzzles and, like, find hidden objects that you can then take back into your game and use to, like, progress the, like, story. Uh, and then at some point, you kind of go past the roguelike deck builder part into what's more similar to, like, a pokemon trading card game on the game boy advance where you like walk around the world collecting cards and building your deck instead of uh it being like more of a roguelike uh you know run for run type thing um and then after that it just keeps going into like some cyberpunk dystopian tech future card game thing um but it's just it's mm, chef's kiss it's so good that sounds pretty good. A little bit of that made me think of Dandy Ace a little bit. Didn't Reddy, didn't you say that like you had magical cards, like the roguelite aspect of the RNG mm-hmm. is magical cards. So in, in this in inscription, Stephen, the RNG that you're getting is the cards that you're using in turn-based combat. Yeah. yeah. Inscription, it's definitely closer to something like a traditional trading card game. Um, so the the basic mechanics are that you have like a deck of squirrels <laughs> and then a deck of all your other animals and each animal will have a cost for how many creatures you need to like sacrifice on the field to summon them and your squirrels will count as one sacrifice so you play a squirrel down you can sacrifice it to play uh, an elk down or whatever but then they each have their own like key symbols that give them different effects so one character might say uh, after it attacks it moves to the lane to its right because they can't attack you if there's a unit or like a, you know, a monster in the way of their attacks. Um, so doing your, your strategy uh, behind being like, okay, when should I play cards? When should I be sacrificing cards to not like lose too many if things happen? Bosses have their own unique mechanics too, where they'll either take your cards or immediately swarm the board with creatures. So if you like like more traditional card games like Magic or like Yu-Gi-Oh, it has a lot of that going on. But the depth comes from the the little roguelike encounters throughout your run where you'll find an NPC that will let you sacrifice a card from your deck permanently to give their keyword to another creature. And whenever you start a new run, all that stuff goes away. But all of a sudden, you start having a run where you're like, oh, I have a creature that doesn't cost any sacrifices to play and it attacks three times and anything that attacks dies instantly and like that feeling of like building like a super overpowered deck and then it immediately just gets thrown in the trash and they're like okay do another run um it's just super cool and recently they made an update uh because the game has that sort of like three act structure uh where it lets you play the first part the roguelike part uh as much as you want because people were like that part's really cool but it goes away and i want to play more of that so now you can 
So it could it can be separate from the turn based card. Yeah, I think portions. when you when you finish the game, you can go back and do the roguelike part as much as you want with like ah. an escalating difficulty as you keep playing. So it sounds like they it does sound really heavy like Magic the Gathering. So it's like they yeah, took yeah. that and added a whole nother type of genre and blended it into a game. Yep. And and the card game part uh is is the one constant through the entire game, but they change and add and remove mechanics to them for each section, but it's still, it's very heavily a card game. If you don't like card games, it's probably not going to get your attention. But if you like card games or just like strategy games or anything like that, honestly, um, it's just so good. It's so weird. It's so unique. Um, just the the mood, like the fact that it starts as like a horror game, but it's like creepy cabin in the woods horror. And then the next section, there's like, zombies and vampires in the last section it's like weird gross destroyed robots that are leaking oil it's just so weird and then the ending is just completely bananas out of control um but god is it memorable and we're sure that kojima didn't have anything to do with this because <laughs> this sounds so, like this <laughs> they might be the devs might have been fans though because it is it's really it's really out there the first time that you find a section where it's a recording of somebody talking about how they found the physical copy of the game, and they're like, you're playing as someone who's playing the game. It's not you playing the game. It's it's a little out there, but it's uh, it's a good time. That does sound like it's a bit Kojima inspired because yeah. it's that <laughs> out there, strange things that like would only work as a game, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to describe. I tried to describe Death Stranding to people. I was like, this game's amazing. What's it about? Uh, and the more I talked, the <laughs> worse like, it got. Well, and the <laughs> thing is, you're like a delivery man, but also there's invisible monsters that explode craters through yeah. the earth, and there's and rain that makes them. you old. <laughs> you pee on them, like you gotta what? trust me. Yes, <laughs> you just it's... gotta trust me. It's good. So, so you're it's a walking simulator. No, but you're walking. Yes, <laughs> like it's... yeah, oh, yeah. When you Those say it like that, yeah. Yeah, those are the best games because they're just fucking out there and it's awesome. Um, my top and of course I say indie, right? Like I think my my indie is very different from <laughs> y'all's indies obviously, but my top indie would be It Takes Two. And the reason I think that game is incredible is like Couch I feel like Couch Co-op kind of started to go away around like the ps3 360 days yeah, and it's like now sure. if you want to play mm -hmm. online it's pvp it's pvp which is not for me or it's pve but it's always pew pew games so it's like where are those and this game just introduced the greatest way the game has a narrative that matches what you have to do with your partner to get through i don't know if any of you have played it yeah. I have played it. Okay. Okay. So then, yeah. For I mean, if anybody who hasn't played it, that's what I thought was so cool about it is kind of the narrative it puts you on. And it's I thought it was going to be like a kid's game, and it's not. Like I was pleasantly surprised with the the, the puzzles and um, the actual gameplay having some challenge to it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes me want to dig in a little bit deeper here. Um, I'll try my best to articulate what I'm thinking. I think there's a lot of people out there like me we don't necessarily play a lot of the mainstream you know triple a franchise games that are repeated every year but our knowledge of indies is limited especially if we're on consoles because like i said before 
the indies you're getting, right, that are being marketed to you are bigger budget games that do come from larger publishers. So outside of like scouring Twitter or connecting with people like you, you know, how do you guys have any advice for people to how, how do you broaden your horizon to try to get, you, you mentioned Game Pass. It sounds like Game Pass is a great way. Game Pass is definitely one of, I mean, in, in my personal opinion, I think Game Pass is just one of the best deals for anybody that plays video games, period. Um, and if you have a console, obviously it's great. And even if you're on PC, there's Game Pass on PC and it has a slightly different uh, catalog than the console version. Um, but there's just so much stuff and it's so much quality stuff that cycles throughout it um, for like the price of like any other subscription service like Netflix or whatever <laughs> that people would pay for. Um, it's just such a great deal. And and definitely like has been mentioned has a ton of indie games um, that go on it. Like even I mean, just thinking of some from last year, unpacking, like we mentioned, uh, Cyber Shadow. I'm pretty sure Narita Boy's on there. Sable. There's like a ton of like great stuff um, that came out last year that was just on Game Pass, sometimes on release on the same day that it comes out officially. Um, so you're like, I could buy this game for $15 on Steam, or I could just pay for Game Pass, and then I could play it the day it comes out. I was actually playing on Game Pass today, trying to look at, I think they had like a little section for indies, and I wanted to say it mm -hmm. popped up like maybe six, and I saw Cyber Shadow on there, yeah, which looked kind of neat. So really just putting in the, the work to kind of dig a little bit, go to Game Pass, go to itch.io, look for demos on... Um, or, you know, you don't really have to look too hard on twitter um if you just search for the hashtag you know indie indie game game development whatever you know anything like that it's gonna pull up immediately i mean so many tweets and like a lot of them will have screenshots or small clips and you just scroll through it takes like 30 seconds and you can come up with four or five games it's just gonna grab you and be like oh hey that looks cool and you click on that that uh that tweet or their profile and usually 90% of the time they're going to have a steam page or an itch.io link or something like that in their profile and you just click on it and you can go watch like the full trailer uh, download the demo if they have one stuff like that so I mean within just a matter of minutes you could find a ton of games on Twitter with very little effort at all I love Twitter I didn't even think about that, about using the, I forget, hashtags is a thing. So yeah. <laughs> Hashtag, hashtags are still a thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, another way that you can check out indies and learn about indies is to watch um, some indie folks play them. So let's take a minute um, to talk about the Twitch channels that you guys have. Our, I know that you don't play a ton right now, but you do, right. you do, you do, you do stream some yeah, of these games on Twitch. It's, it's almost non-existent right now, but yeah, um, I hope to get back into it soon. Uh, yeah, it's all, it, when I'm on a regular schedule, it's three nights a week for an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And so, yeah, I'll do a different indie game every single time. And I usually don't play the same one twice because I just want to give short little bursts to get people interested and say, hey, I want to go check this game out, but I don't want to watch somebody stream it and spoil it for myself. So I will give just a little hour, hour and a half demonstration of it and tell people I always have the link in my chat bot, you know, for the demo or whatever, or the full game. And uh, people can go check it out. And, you know, so I just want to get as many, cover as many indie games as I can for people. So, yeah, that's that's what I do. And when I'm not streaming, I'm usually on my phone. You know, I'm on my phone quite a bit for Twitter and you can always just check out my Twitter page and 
I mean, there's probably hundreds of indies if you just scroll through like the last three days worth or something. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I've private messaged you a handful of times about <laughs> indie games. Yep. You are playing, uh, currently you're playing a real life game called um, House Remodeling Simulator. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's kind of similar to unpacking. You know, um, right now, like my, my, I call it my game room, my stream room, whatever. Um, I just have a path to walk to the door. There are boxes, there's stuff, just stuff everywhere since we're working on the house and everything. So, uh, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> I am, I need to go unpacking myself. I, I think that's awesome what you're doing for <clears throat> indie developers to sit there and give people bite-sized pieces so they can decide this might be a game for me, but it's not right. enough to spoil it. So mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. So definitely um, think about checking out our a day gamers uh, Twitch and, and support him there and learn some, some more about new indies. Uh, Ready? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your, now when you are on Twitch, do we also see the, the VTube you are you yes. using? No, you see the VTube. So you see the model that you see here. And I typically stream, I do an indie game variety show on Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. EST. And then on Saturdays, I do what I call Ready, Set, Indie Game Arena, where I play one indie game until I complete it. Um, but as far as the variety show goes, um, which is every Wednesday, I play PC and console. So I play PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. So even if you're a console gamer and you're looking for indies to play, definitely check out my indie um, variety show. And again, that's on Wednesdays. And then Saturdays, I just play the one game. So And you play a whole indie game in one sitting, right? On Saturdays, yes. But for the indie game variety show, I do like up to four different games. Some of them are full games, but I only play them for 15 to 30 minutes before I switch to the next game. So it's giving you a little piece of the pie, as they would say. Um, before on Twitter, I was doing what I call indie game moments. So if you miss the streams, you could always catch um, an indie game moment of a game, which would give you about two minutes of a gameplay. So that's what I was doing on Twitter, but that's pretty much the easiest ways to find me is either on Twitter or Twitch. And then I upload everything to YouTube. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely you guys need to go show her some love too. And the VTube is so cute. Like I, I like it. I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Steven, tell us a little bit about your, um, your, your Twitch. What, what can we expect uh, when we go check um, your Twitch out? I also play indie games. <laughs> Imagine uh, it's it's definitely a little Who would have thought? I, I would say it's I'm I'm a little more free flowing with what I do. Sometimes we'll just do like just chatting streams where we just like watch YouTube videos together or make uh tier lists or just argue about dumb stuff. Um but for the <laughs> most part, uh we're just trying to play a, a couple, two or three different indie games a week. Um just trying to show off things that I think are interesting, some games. Uh, are things that I try to play the entire way through, usually not in one sitting, unfortunately, because I can't, I just can't do it. Um, or there's some things where I'm like, this is something that I could definitely play for two or three hours and just like show off to, you know, people and just show them something neat. Uh, and I guess my, one of my current ventures is in addition to Twitch doing TikTok recommendations for indie games. Um, so we've been pumping out uh, a lot of TikTok content, just showing off different games, also in like short bits. Um, but just trying to show off as much stuff as possible because I felt like I don't stream enough on Twitch to show off all the games that I want to talk about. Um, so I was like one way to, to sort of get around that is to use TikTok and show 
five or ten games a day. <laughs> um, so yeah. Awesome. Um, now, all three of you have quite a lot of social channels. So what we'll make sure to do on YouTube, check out the pin post on anchor. Uh, you'll see it in the description of the show. You'll be able to go to the link tree uh, so that you can check out all the social channels um, that the folks here have. So you can find them online and follow them um, and support them. Where can everybody our, where can folks find you on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? Um, our a day gamer on everything, YouTube, Twitch, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Instagram, which I don't use a whole lot. I haven't made, I haven't jumped on the bandwagon and got on the TikTok yet. But the way it sounds, it sounds like I might need to, you know, because <laughs> I, can come, I, I can, I can get some good coverage, I think. So we'll see. But yeah, if, if I, if there's a platform and I happen to be on it, it's our day gamer. Consistency. I like it. Yes. I should, I should follow suit because I'm all over the fucking place. Ready? Where can folks find you um, to follow you on Twitter? On Twitter, I am ready, set, IG, or um, in all of my other platforms, is either ready, set, IG, or ready, set, indie games. But on Twitter, I'm ready, set, IG. Got it. And again, you folks will be able to find the link tree so that you can get, Stephen and Ready have like a whole list, y'all. You go to their link tree and it's like <laughs> so much content. So go check They're them out on all these platforms. <laughs> check them out on those platforms and, and connect with them for sure. Stephen, where can we find you on, on Twitter to give you a follow? Uh, at Stephen Galaxy 93 on Twitter because uh, regular Stephen Galaxy was taken and I messaged the person to change their username and they ignored me. Um, Bastard. Yeah, just absolute travesty. Uh, and then Stephen Galaxy on Twitch and Indie Nova on TikTok because I'm not Nova. consistent like our. Yeah. I know. Mine are all <laughs> over the place too. Um, so yeah, before we before we go, we have a few minutes. So I want to ask you guys, do you also ever play like big triple a titles do you play some mainstream titles are there some franchises that you still play or are you just a hundred percent what mm -hmm. what are some what are some triple a you know larger more mainstream games that you really enjoy um well um for me it's borderlands um i can still sit down yeah. when i actually have time <laughs> i can sit down and just blast bandits and you know, it, just go around collecting loot, even though I know where all the chests are and, you know, kind of what kind of loot might be in there. I can still just loot them over and over and over. And just I just love the Borderlands series. It's a really good series. So, yeah, I still I still play Borderlands uh, Skyrim. That's my second favorite game of all time. I can never get tired of Skyrim because you can do so much and so many different builds. Um, really, when I started content creation, I was actually making videos on Call of Duty. Um, so I don't mind, you know, slinging some lead and, you know, absorbing some lead. I'm, I'm usually like a lead cushion. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you don't play, if you don't play a game like that all the time, you just go in there and you're just meat for, you know, the gamers that do play it all the time. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Borderlands, Skyrim and Call of Duty. When I do fancy a AAA experience. Are you what are what are your feelings on starfield are you excited for starfield or like uh i'm not really as excited for starfield as a lot of people are so yeah, i might i might pick it up and try it i don't know but i might not if there was a demo i'd play it <laughs> i know i'm one of those people that's like excited about it but i'm gonna need to see mm -hmm. some game play but it yeah, is on before it's on game pass so yeah it's before not you expensive. jump in with both feet you kind of want to check it out first so. yeah 
yeah, like Steven said, you can try it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, Ready? What are what are some AAA games or franchises that you really enjoy? Um, I'm more of an RPG player, so mm. I'm into like the Final Fantasies. So I still play Final Fantasy. Um, one that I really got big into because after the whole debacle with Blizzard, <laughs> I I had stopped playing WoW a long time ago. But I had almost thousands of hours in WoW, but I switched over to Final Fantasy XIV and absolutely loved it. So I tend to play a lot of RPGs, so things like Tales of Zestaria, uh, Final Fantasy. So those are some of the games that I tend to lean to when I'm not doing indie games. Well, those are, yeah, fun. Have you ever tried any of the um, uh, the Persona games? Yes. Oh, my favorite is Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> I really love that particular one. I couldn't jail with five, but I really love Persona 4. Now, see, I'm not a big, I love Western RPGs. Like that is my jam. Um, and I, I hadn't played a JRPG in so long. And I said, I'll play Persona. A friend of mine gave me a copy, said, here's Persona 5 Royal. Try it. And I said, I'll go in blind. I don't want to use a guide. I don't want you to give me tips. What a dumb fucking idea. Like, <laughs> I, I was so like overwhelmed with all the mechanics and like it kicked my ass, but it was, it was a pretty unique experience. It had that like turn base. It did a little bit give me like older final fantasy vibes, sort of. It's, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could, I could dig it. I could dive back into the, to the, I might have to dive back into Final Fantasies, but it kicked my ass at first. I'm like, what the fuck have I done? Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so long. Any any other ones ready? Any other ma- big triple A's or that's just mainly? Um, mainly just, like I said, RPGs. And the other like JRPG that I tend to play is East. So I play that series. I'm starting over. I won't play one and two because they trigger me really, really bad. So I've played Origins and I'm moving on to the third part for that. So that would be pretty much as far as AAA title goes, that would be my bread and butter. Yeah, those are great ones, though. Stephen, what about you? What are some AAA titles that you just absolutely love? Um, I mean, not counting. We're not talking about indies. Last year, Metroid Dread was my jam. I love that game. It was so good. Uh, I played Deathloop earlier this year. Also so good. Um, and Pokemon Legends Arceus came out two weeks ago, and I do have like 65 hours in it already, so nice. I've really been enjoying that one. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for the new God of War, uh, even though I don't have a PS5. Uh, very excited for Horizon, uh, yes, Elden Ring. Horizon. Like, my God, please just put it put it directly into my veins. I need Elden Ring right now. <laughs> uh, and then I I mean I am desperately waiting for them to announce the official title for Breath of the Wild too. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games ever. Um, maybe my favorite game ever. So I just I I I want that one really bad. I'm very excited for that one. Elden Ring is going to be my first FromSoft experience, you guys. Ooh. That's gonna be a spicy yeah. one. Yeah, I, I, I just thought, ah, fuck it, I'll, I'll try it, and you know, the Twitter family loves it, so I said, ah, that's how I got into Death Stranding, and I mm-hmm. loved it. So I'm gonna, but I'm, like, I'm starting to get to where I'm so excited for Forbidden West. I'm like having a hard time sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I am so, so ready. Well, um, Zero Dawn was, you know, it's, I call it my fourth favorite game of all time. You know, my top four are pretty steady. But, you know, it, so Horizon Zero Dawn was my top four. So if if I had a PS5 or if I ever decided to get a PS5, 
Horizon Zero Dawn would, or not Zero Dawn, uh, Forbidden West would be pretty much the sole reason I would get a PS5. But uh, I mean, it's that is it, I love it. I love it that much. So I mean, I would hope. Oh God, here comes the Twitter controversy. But I don't <laughs> care because it's my opinion. I would hope that that game comes to PC. It will. I, it will eventually. It probably will yeah. more than likely. I just have to exercise my patience. <laughs> yeah, there's. Yeah. I I wouldn't be able to. I nope. I gotta. I probably won't. What day is the eighteenth? Is that? Oh, thank. It's probably a fucking weekday. Right? Is isn't it a Friday? It? I think it's. Fr- uh, I think it's a uh, Thursday. Friday. Yeah, is it a Friday? Friday. Thank, Friday. thank God. Yeah. Because I'm going to be a tired piece of shit the next day. (laughs) So, so excited. Uh, So again, uh, everybody, check out the pin post. Go find the link link tree to these three folks here. Find them. Give them a follow. Give them a support. Super cool folks. If you have questions about indies, you want a certain kind of indie recommended to you. There's a certain genre that you want um, indies on. um, Definitely let these folks know and just support the indie community when you have a chance to to buy their games, buy their games uh, using itch.io. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that, that we need to mention, you guys? Um, I've got one. Um, Let's go. Iwocon. I don't remember if you heard me talk about it before. Um, indie World Order Digital Convention. Yes! Remember that? It is still available on Steam until we get the next version out. Um, which will be later this year. Um, so yeah, you can still go to Steam right now and search IWOCON 2021. That's I-W-O-C-O-N 2021. And you can jump right in. It's a third-person pirate-themed game. It's an, actually a game you can play. But within the game, there are almost 200 booths that are indie booths. It shows off different indie games. And um, we had a we had over 600, almost 700 applicants. And we had to narrow it down to the like 200 because we couldn't build 700 digital booths um in a game like this is built in unreal engine so it's very very cool um yeah you can just go around walk around gather coins pick up funny hats and you know play a few mini games here and there you can pick up a guitar and you know make up your own song or whatever and all while you're running around checking out different booths for indie games and within the booths um are actually the the YouTube links to the trailers are embedded in the booths. So as soon as you walk in, the YouTube video starts playing. So as long as the developers still have that YouTube link with the video active, the video will pop up and start playing even now a year later. So um, definitely we're working on IWOCON 2022 and it's going to be absolutely absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for it. Um, We're building it again in Unreal 5 this time, Unreal Engine 5. And uh, it's going to be a space theme. You know, you're going to be on this big spaceship. You know, the developers outgrew Earth. So we took flight and we're now checking out space with IWOCON. So be looking for that. All right. Make sure you uh, send me that link, hour okay. so Not we sure can will. make sure to get that in the, the pin post too. Um, and if anything, if anything, Reddy or Steven, anything comes up that's not in your link tree that we need to get in the pin post, shoot that to me and we're going to make sure that folks get a list of, of resources and everything they need to know uh, to support you guys and support Indies. So with that, thanks everybody for watching and listening and thank you to the amazing guests. I might be a little biased, but this show has the best guests in the business, <laughs> folks. I'm sorry. So yeah, thanks everybody again for watching and listening and we'll see you guys soon. Bye everybody. Yeah.
Bye. Goodbye.